0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Call It In The Ring. Tonight we're talking about the pay-per-view Armageddon 2000, which took place on December 10th, 2000, in Birmingham, Alabama. The first and only pay-per-view to be held in Birmingham, Alabama, all the way till this day. I am Jordan, and I'm really? here with Ed. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing. I'm doing well, man. You know, I.
1: Uh... We don't. We're not quite. We're not sponsored yet, so I can't go through sponsors like uh, like some of our some of our our, our friends at uh, that do other wrestling shows. Um, but I am. We're recording this live during the Steelers Panthers football game. That uh, so I'm sacrificing watching my least favorite team and my second favorite team play each other First, all of favorite our
0: favorite team is the. The Panthers, I'm assuming. My second
1: favorite team is the Panthers because I grew up
0: just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, how about this? Call of the Ring is sponsored by Castrol GTX, the same sponsor who sponsored Armageddon 2000. I would I would love for that to happen. And also, if you want to go back even more to nostalgia, Call of the Ring is sponsored by 1-800-COLLECT. Wow. 'Cause that was they were one of the big sponsors for WCW. So tonight we're talking about Armageddon. This is a pay-per-view that I've been talking about with you for months. We were talking about this pay per view before we even decided to do Call in the Ring. Is that right, Ed?
1: Yeah. I mean it was you taught you had said something about how this was I don't know if it was you said it was your favorite Hell in a Cell match or you found it to be the most interesting. I don't remember our conversation, but I'm sure we're gonna get into it,
0: you know, pretty in depth here. Well, opinions have changed over the years, but I'm going to tell you how I got into this one. Okay. So, we've already established before in other episodes that my first and only pay-per-view I was allowed to purchase was SummerSlam 01, and that just so happened to be the last pay-per-view I watched until just this past two years, right? Sure. The only way that I was able to actually watch these pay-per-views Was from a little store called Media Play. If people ever remember Media Play, they were big with Best Buy and Circuit City. Do you remember Media Play, Ed? I do. I do actually. So, what I mean by Media Play is that I would go to Media Play because I would mow lawns or whatever, you know, because in 2000, I was 13 years old. I, you know, I was still a kid. But the money that would make mowing lawns or doing other people's yard work around the neighborhood, I would uh, collect that money and I would go and buy whatever I wanted to buy. One of the big things was in 2000 was I would go to media play. My mom would drive me there and I would buy the VHS tapes of the previous pay-per-view that was released a month prior. So I bought an Armageddon VHS copy and that's how I saw the pay-per-view. That's how I got to know what happened. Uh, the cover art was just something that I couldn't stop looking at. I mean, it, it says Armageddon. It's Undertaker on a motorcycle with a bunch of skeletons around him. What a great freaking cover. The tagline is, Lord, I'm coming home to you. Ah, oh, you could not get a better poster than this. This is probably the top ten poster of all time in a pay-per-view. Probably. You think so? Probably.
1: I mean, it was very... You know, it's very misleading, by the way, this this cover. Because, yeah, the American badass, the Undertaker, right, who at the time was coming out to the ring on a motorcycle, who in this pay-per-view didn't come out to the ring on a motorcycle, and you have just a bunch of skeletons, and spoiler
0: alert, Undertaker doesn't win the match. Well, it's called Armageddon. Hell in the cell. That's Undertaker through and through. They had to promote the Undertaker on that. Sure. Of course they. I think they lost it where you could have promoted the top six wrestlers. Well, the top five. We'll talk about who the sixth one is in a little while. But you know, I, I mean, I mean, they could have done more with it. Yeah, in hindsight. But still, though, this cover brings me back to December two thousand. I was playing Siphon Filter on my PlayStation One. Great game. Ah, uh, Sci-Fi Filter game. 2, actually. I was watching TRL. I just got a copy of the Marshall Mathers LP, which I shouldn't have gotten. Lip Biscuits, <laughs> the greatest band of all time. I'm ready to go. Stop it. Lip you know, Biscuits, like the
1: greatest band of all time.
0: Hey, man, that's how it was for me in December of 2000. I was 13-year-old kid. That's man. how it was
1: in December of 2017
0: for you. Kiss my white ass. <laughs> Jesus. Hi, my name is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slim
1: Shady Slim Shady Yes. Oh. That was one of, That was a great album by the way I love I Eminem, the Marshall Miners LP, LP. was fantastic yeah.
0: So uh, this crowd had a 14,920 uh, crowd So that was a lot of people there for this one <laughs> um, We're going to talk about all the matches Of course, the all eight matches In this, in this pay-per-view A majority of these matches Which is rare And some of the pay-per-views that we reviewed so far, majority of them have storylines. Not all of them, but a a good portion of them do, which I was shocked about. Um, And now, of course, Ed and I had to do our research leading into this pay-per-view, and we watched a whole two months of SmackDown and Raw leading up to this. And, of course, the match that we're going to talk about, the big match that we got to talk about, is the six-man Hell in a Cell match, which is Kurt Angle versus The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Undertaker, and Rick Ishii. A match that was brought up by Commissioner Mick Foley, who was the greatest commissioner of all time.
1: I mean, I don't know
0: about that. Fuck you. Yes, he was. Tell me tell me somebody else who was better.
1: Well, I don't know that I can. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, wasn't, yeah. I mean, Baron Corbin sucks.
0: Baron Corbin yeah. can't talk on the mic at all. But the He's, problem, though, is that they're not called GMs. They're now, uh, they're. No, I'm sorry, what, uh. I'm they're, sorry, now, they're, called, they're, yeah. called, they're called GMs now. They're GMs, and then the Stephanie commis- is the commissioner of SmackDown, and yeah.
1: Shane's the commissioner Raw. of
0: Raw. Yeah. No, no, Shane's Raw. No, Shane is SmackDown, Stephanie yeah. Raw. Uh, did I say that backwards? You did, you did. Okay. It's all right.
1: Well, okay, well, it's fine. I'm fucked up. Shit happens.
0: I mean, still, bad. Okay. Pretty, pretty public knowledge, man. And I just said Baron Corbin sucks on Raw, so I made one mistake. Hey, Baron Corbin sucks in general, but, I mean, come on. Uh, Commissioner McFoley, he gave us TLC, the first ever TLC. He gave us the fucking six-man hell in a cell match. Why is it that every time I talk to you about this pay-per-view or about this match, you just seem like you have a dick in your ass? You don't You don't seem like you're excited to talk about the top six wrestlers in the business in a Hell in a Cell match. This should be the biggest match of the decade. Well, it it was
1: as hard, we'll get into it, but it was as hard to watch as something we talked about last week, the World War 3 match. It was was hard to watch. You know, and, and you can sort of tell, like, a lot of the things that they were doing, like, they had to highlight these two guys for a minute, then these two guys for a minute, then these two guys for a minute. You know, it was it was hard to do, you know. I don't know. I don't know it was, it just, I don't know about that. I don't
0: I did not like it as much as as you seem to, I guess. Well, seem to is a good word. I'm not saying that I think this is great. I'm just trying to argue that Commissioner McFoley gave us two great matches. I mean, hell, we still have TLC matches nowadays. I mean, it, it, he did no wrong. I mean, he was he was a fair commissioner. Like, and what I am saying that is, I am going back and I am watching these old Raws and SmackDowns, lead up to this, getting the storylines between this paper um, here. And he would come out and he would do his fair thing. Somebody would come up and say, you know, hey Mick, I deserve a fucking title shop, blah blah blah. And then he would just throw a curveball and say, you deserve a title shop in a fatal four way match right now. And it's like, oh my god, just you know, like um, just, it, was, it was just so cool. Mick Foley was just, I, I was just so good in that role. I mean, so, I've always liked the whole idea of,
1: like, the bad guy being the commissioner. You know, like, I, I don't know why. I just, you know, or, or like when Vince McMahon was on air every single Monday or and Sunday. Or I liked when, like, was John Laurinaitis because he's the bad guy. You know, I've always just liked the idea of a bad guy commissioner. I guess.
0: So, I mean, you must love Baron Corbin, then.
1: I said, Baron. No, Baron Corbin sucks because he's he just sucks. Like he could beat my ass in a real fight, no questions asked. So, if I ever have the opportunity to meet him, I will not say this to his face. But like, the dude is the worst of his profession, and it's it's obvious
0: that he. I don't know. Did he get hurt or something, and that's why he can't be. In rings, I just think they changed his character because I remember when I first got back into wrestling. This past two years, uh, I first saw him as the long hair guy who won the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. He was the, the lone wolf. He was the lone wolf. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he comes on Raw one day with his head shaved, and he's like, "See, and I'm like, what? Yeah, that? I'm I'm the
1: constable.
0: Like, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah, I'm like, he is he is so hated that my wife every time he's on is just like, oh my god, fuck this guy, but. No, I mean like it Mick Foley had a stipulation coming in to this match for the Hell in a Cell six man match that he said that he's expecting bodies to be broken. My god, he's been broken in half. <laughs> Mick Foley's
1: dead. He's been broken in half. Exactly. By a slobber knocker.
0: Say but he said though that he will resign as commissioner if somebody's career is ended. I mean like it's just every We got the European title up tonight. We got the WWF Tag Team title up tonight. We got the Intercontinental uh, title up tonight. We got the Women's Championship up for tonight. And we also got the WWF World Heavyweight Championship up for tonight. And we got major, major titles going up for this pay-per-view. And just one pay-per-view. They don't always do that.
1: Yeah, it's very rare that that they have this many matches that are for titles.
0: Now Armageddon was a big pay-per-view after this. they did not do an Armageddon in 2001 because they figured, hey you know a few months ago the towers kind of fell uh, let's not let's not name the December pay-per-view Armageddon uh, so but they brought it back again in 2002
1: right right
0: just kind of give you an idea. Uh, and a little bit more history about the uh, about about Armageddon. Armageddon's first pay per view was actually this is the second one. The first Armageddon pay per view was December twelfth in nineteen ninety nine, and the last one was December fourteenth of two thousand and
1: eight. I wish they would bring. We talked about this. I wish
0: December of next year would be Starcade, like legit. It it kind of is this year, but it's kind of like a it's kind of like a house show.
1: Yeah, they're doing something really weird. Man. Like, I don't know why.
0: They, I mean, it's not a house show. It's like a wrestling event. But it's not going to be. But it, yeah, it's not a
1: pay-per-view. It's just like a live wrestling event. Yeah. Maybe maybe they're trying to go back to to more live event stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know why they would do that. But Whatever.
0: All right, Ed. We have teased the audience long enough. Let's get into Armageddon 2000. Let's talk about this. Great interest. Nah, great's a bad word. Let's talk about this pay-per-view. So, the first match was a match that aired on Sunday Night Heat, which I watched. It was Sky Too Hottie, and he defeated D'Lo Brown in a singles match. The time was unknown. It was a very stupid match. I'm assuming you didn't even see this match.
1: No, I I didn't. <laughs> I, I, It's going to become a, a trend, I think, that you're going to have watched the match on Sunday Night Heat, and I will not because... I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I my apologies to the. I mean, I apologize to the performers, you know, and maybe maybe if the fans feel like I'm I suck because I'm not watching Sunday Night Heat. Well, I watched two months worth of SmackDown and Raws for this, and I can skip Sunday Night Heat.
0: Go the distance, man! You got one more. Just push one more, and you got it. Oh my God. I didn't even watch Sunday Night Heat
1: when it was on.
0: I did, but that's because I was an MTV junkie. So the first match of the card is actually the Radicals, which is WCW guys, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn. And they were up against Team Extreme, which was Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and Lita in an intergender elimination tag team match. This match lasted for eight minutes and six seconds, and there was a storyline leading up to this match. Ed, you and I were talking about it before. Do you want to take this over? What was the storyline leading up to this match?
1: So, Dean Malenko was infatuated with Lita, had asked her out on several dates, and then finally she agrees, but then she wants to sleep with him. And much like wrestling of this era, she is literally naked on television. God bless. And. <laughs> And they turn the lights off, and she's like, I'm going to give you a night you'll never forget. And then the Hardys beat him up. And then we have a rivalry.
0: Well, it's all because he wanted to take her out on a date. She said no. He had a match with her, and the stipulation in that match, on I believe it was a Raw, that if he won the match, that she had to go on a date. If he Mm -hmm. lost the match, then there was no date. He won the match because he was an asshole. He submitted her. She immediately tapped as soon as he started to submit her. So then they had to go to a date. So this match was not terrible. Um, I liked Lita and Dean Malenko in this match. I thought that they were good together in the match. I thought Eddie Guerrero and Perry Sadden were kind of in the background kind of way. Also, the fact that people were booing Eddie Guerrero. Uh, he was not the WWF Eddie Guerrero at this time. So I, I, it's, 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 it's always nice and fun to go back in time to see where he began with the World Wrestling Federation and ultimately how he ended with the World Wrestling Federation. But uh, Perry Saturn, man. Let's talk about Perry Saturn for a second. This guy will never have an episode just about Perry Saturn, I don't think. Let's talk about him for <laughs> a second. This guy is an interesting creature. I mean, just right there. This is one of the most ugliest men I've ever seen in my life. Perry Saturn? Uh, Perry Saturn is fucking weird, dude. Uh, Perry Saturn, let's talk about his military career first. He actually was in the United States Army for four years. At the age of 17, he got in. He also has a bachelor's degree before he became a wrestler, and he was also a U.S. Army Ranger. He started with ECW, and then he went to WCW, and then ultimately became into WWF. His career ended because he was looking for his friend Moppy, his girlfriend Moppy. Because of Moppy. Do you remember Moppy? I remember Moppy. He picked picked her
1: over over Terry Runnels. Tell the the audience who Moppy is. So Moppy is literally a mop that he drew a face on. That he fell in love with and was his girlfriend, and he looked for her all over the place for literally a year.
0: Couldn't find her. Where's Moppy?
1: Yes, where's Moppy? That became his thing. Like he was searching for Moppy for a year. For a year. Like he would just he wouldn't have matches on TV. No, no, he no, would he just
0: go up and say, Where's Moppy?
1: Yeah, yeah, just in the middle, in the middle of somebody else's cutting a promo.
0: Where's Moppy? Where's my mommy? What'd you think of this match, though, Ed? I mean, what'd you think of this inter uh, intergender match? I mean, did you... I thought it was a decent match to kick off Armageddon. I didn't think it was bad at all. We got a good storyline with it.
1: Well, I mean, this... Of the matches of the night, it probably had the... I don't want to say... It it probably had the most interesting storyline. But... And it was, in, and I can say it was probably one of the better matches on, on the card. Um, I'd say probably even even top three uh, of of the nine matches that are uh, well, eight matches that are on the card, nine in total, but eight matches that are on the card. Um, I like the idea because we, we we it it hints at something that comes later excuse me, when uh, when, what's her name, Lita at the end, when she taps, says, I can beat him, I know I can beat him, I I know I can beat him. And we see something here that at the beginning of the match and throughout the whole match that I even texted you about, and I said, I said, I totally forgot about wrestling in this era when every woman on the card wrestling manager, whatever, was required to show their butthole. Like, at some point, their underwear was going to be hanging out. And Lita, like, embraced it. Like, her underwear was always hanging out.
0: But, yeah, like... She, yeah, I noticed that my wife was disgusted about that. When we watched the match, she was like, why is her underwear hanging I was like, don't pay attention to her underwear. Pay attention to how great she is.
1: She's a great wrestler.
0: And she's like, you are not looking at her wrestling skills. I'm like, no, nope, I kind of am, though. Yeah.
1: I mean this this era of professional wrestling and i was you know this is 17 years ago i was 13 18 years, years ago twelve, whatever so of course i was all into it what 12 13 year old boy wouldn't you know wouldn't have but like it's really offensive what's offensive that her that her thong is showing i oh, that all women big. all these women are required to have been like she was in bra and panties on live TV and on Raw a couple weeks before that. Good. And no, not good. Good. Bro, like I, I mean, I, this is this is twenty, this is twenty eighteen. That's that's unacceptable behavior today. It was what it was back then. They were pushing the limit. I get it. And I was a 12, 13 year old boy when this was going on. So of course I loved it. But like, I don't. I don't know how comfortable I am watching women, be f- these women be forced to be half naked on TV. I just, first, I just, of,
0: first of all, very liberal of you. Second of all, Lita was not forced to do anything. Terry wasn't forced. Stacey Keebler wasn't forced. They decided to do it themselves. They were told to do it, and they had a choice to do it or not. You can I either mean, do uh, it
1: or you can either do this or lose your job.
0: Hey, you know what? Bring sex back. How about that? I'm not going to get into a political debate with you here, but Jesus fucking Christ. Look, it's sexy. Lita's a good wrestler. She has her thong showing. What the fuck ever. I mean, yeah, it was hot. 13-year-old Jordan loved that. It was great. But, I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, sex sells. It's beautiful. I love sex. I love a naked woman. Let's see it. You're being too sensitive.
1: I mean, it's not me being sensitive; it's me being woke. <laughs> Hashtag me too. You know what Where the I mean? Fuck like,
0: is this coming from—I've known you for years. This woke bullshit. What are you talking about, bro?
1: Like, I'm just saying. Like, conversations from ten years ago aren- don't apply today. You know, like one of my f- most favorite movies of all time is *Tropic Thunder*. Right, but. That movie could not be made today because you got a white dude playing a black dude. And I'm not saying I mean I'm not okay with the PG I'm not I mean I'm not okay with like the PG Sounds era like- of wrestling to a certain degree. But I'm just saying you shouldn't force women to be in their underwear or lose their job.
0: Hey, you that's sexual harassment. We don't know if that's what happened or not. They probably said let's do it. I'm not complaining. I don't think she was complaining. It's fine. It's great because she's wrestling now. Lita was just an evolution. She didn't show no thong. Well, she because thong. she didn't have to. Now she kind of did, but anyway. All right. So, well, also, that was also um, her
1: character. That's like that's a costume, like her thong oh, was hanging out.
0: Your your rating for the match. What is it? How many stars are you gonna give this? <laughs> up, right?
1: Um, I would say I would say this is a two and a half star match.
0: You know, I'm gonna agree with uh, you on that one. Two and a half stars. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, two and a half
1: stars. Um, it's you know, others have rated it two and a quarter, but I think we're I think we're right I think we're right on to to, to be fair, I give it two and a half.
0: All right. Well, the next match on the card was a five minute WWF title European match, and it was from it was uh, wow. Let me just fans. Wow. wow. Let, me, let me do this again. The next match on the card was a five minute. <laughs> title match for the WWF European Championship and it was William Regal who came in as the champion and he defeated Hardcore Holly there was a little storyline with this one as well Ed a little bit well go ahead go
1: ahead and explain it you know if I like I think if I remember right when when uh, it was it was uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think exactly I don't Remember exactly the the whole the whole thing. You have to explain.
0: It wasn't a big storyline. It was just a little storyline. I don't remember all of it either. I just finished watching the pay per view the other day, uh, but there was a storyline leading up to this during Raw and SmackDown. William Regal. I don't know if we're going to have a show about him either. Uh, wow, one of my favorite wrestlers, William Regal. Uh, well, I I absolutely love William Regal. You know that about. I, I
1: love, love it. I love William Regal. Uh, I think the whole he's a man, stint was the dumbest of all time. But like I've just always loved the dude as a heel. I think he's classic heel. I think he's a great wrestler in the ring. Um he's just he just oh he just goes after that cheap man. And I love I love slow methodical matches full of cheap.
0: You know what I love about Ruling Regal? Son of a bitch is hmm. timeless. Yeah. So Reel and Regal right now is fifty years old. Uh-huh. Back when Armageddon Gedd in 2000 happened, I swear to God the mother was fifty then. <laughs> like, he was thirty something. I like it's 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 amazing because he always oozed old English gentlemen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just always had that persona with him and uh, it was it was always a fun time with William Regal because he was so hated. The difference between William Regal and Baron Corbin is that William Regal was was the wrestler that you loved to hate. It was fun. Yeah, he was an asshole. you didn't want him on screen boo, but it was still you had a smile on your face. But like a Baron Corbin's like, get the fuck off the screen, man, you're not even <clears throat> aiming. Um, I'm not a hardcore Holly fan. Um, I have never been a fan of any of the Holly family. Uh, it's just I just never got into them. This was not an important match to me. It was a five minute match for the European title. William Regal won. I this, this match is a two star for me. It's 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 nothing that I will remember.
1: Yeah. Um. Like I said, I mean, the thing about William Regal is William. Doesn't give you like the memorable match. You might not talk about his matches for forever, you know. And, and but I just I just always liked his performance um, because of William Regal. Any match with William Regal to me is at minimum a two star match. Minimum. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think Hardcore Holly added anything. Um, I don't think he could, I don't think, but William Regal is so good that he doesn't take, that it doesn't, him being in the match doesn't take anything away, so I'm
0: going to give it two stars. Yeah, I agree. And let's, so before we go to the third match, let's talk about the European Championship here. The European Championship for all the fans. I This is an interesting championship. <laughs> uh, because I think it was their answer, because at this time, you know, uh, WCW had the United States Championship, WWF had the Intercontinental Championship, so why not get the European title? Uh, But it was established on February 26th of 1997, and it was retired on July 22nd of 2002. I want to talk about the reigns here, about the European title. So, uh, some of this stuff may actually shock you, Uh, but wanted to tell you here that the person with the most reigns is a tie. So, William Regal had the title four times, okay? Mm -hmm. The person also behind him that had the title four times was D'Lo Brown. Really? D'Lo Brown had it four times, and so did William Regal. Um, D'Lo. Well, do you remember who the first ever European Championship champion was? Yes, the British Bulldog.
1: Yes, you are right. They had a tournament for it. Um, British Bulldog beat Owen Hart in the finals. Um, they had eight eight guys were the were in the match uh, to begin with. Like eight, eight guys started. Uh Bulldog beat and this go, this is this is just to tell you how uh
0: how far back it goes. This is in what, ninety seven, I think. 90, uh, 90, it was it was raw February 26, nineteen ninety seven. British Bulldog versus Mankind, Vader versus the Rock, well Rocky might
1: be in. Owen Hart versus He's so funky
0: Flash, Flash. Funk
1: and Bret Hart versus what Triple H
0: who well, was Uncle still at the
1: time Hunter Hurst Helmsley. The gentleman. So yes. And you had the you and so you had the whole you had the the Hart Foundation plus uh Vader. Yep. Basically. And then the British Bulldog versus Owen Hart to win this
0: round. Now bear with me here, fans, because this is interesting. But there's been twenty seven winners of the European title. And I'm going to say this very quick for you. I kind of want to hear what Ed's opinion is. Mm -hmm. These are the 27 people that have won the European title. The British Bulldog, William Regal, Triple H, D'Lo Brown, Eddie Guerrero had two-time reign. X-Pac, Matt Hardy, Christian, Shawn Michaels, Test, Val Venus, The Hurricane. Mm -hmm. He held it for 56 days. Owen Hart, Kurt Angle. DDP, Al Snow, Shane McMahon, who held it for forty-three days, Perry Saturn, Midian, Mark Henry, Spike Dudley, Jeff Hardy, Bradshaw, Crash Holly, Jeff uh, Jeff Jarrett, Chris Jericho, and RVD. Jeff Jarrett, Chris Jericho, and RVD. All three have held it for only one day.
1: I did not, I, I did not remember. Uh... I don't remember everybody who's
0: ever won it. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you and I both agree on the match. We'll get into number four, another match that made no sense to me at all. But, hey, let's get into a singles match ending at five minutes and three seconds. Val Venus with Ivory defeated China.
1: <laughs> Where wow. you had your favorite, one of your favorite stables and your favorite theme song, Right to Censor.
0: We've discussed right the fucking censor,
1: baby. We've discussed on a previous episode.
0: Make sure to check on our archives, movie guyspodcast.com. Click on call it in the ring. You can check in our archives of the top ten factions. Yes! Right to censor. But before we get to the right to censor match, we do have Valvina's versus China. He defeated China in five minutes and three seconds. Ivory was with him. I love right to censor. I love how Vince McMahon came up with the idea. Hey, we have very, very sexualized uh, superstars. We have Val Venus, who is pretty much a porn star, yeah, yeah. who comes out with a towel. Hello, ladies. Right? We said it in unison, so that was kind of gay. But, yeah, uh, that was that was that was really funny. Yeah, and uh, there might be a sign in the yard that says
1: "Keep off the grass," but feel free to whack the weed. That was one of my favorite lines of all time from Val Venus. Just throw right that. <laughs>
0: I just love how he's a porn star, and then he shaves his head, and now he's he's Val Venus. He's a part of Right to Censor, and you know what? He's a good boy now. We'll talk about Right to Censor later on the show, but uh, love it. By the way, do you know what Val Venus
1: is doing right now?
0: No, but I want to know. So I follow him on Twitter. Of course you do.
1: And the dude is a hot loving Christian. Pot like loving Christian, he's a pot head who promotes legal marijuana. Talks about how weed should be legal, but it's because he's such a Christian that he loves weed. Really? Yes. And That's, good for him. That's okay. Be be you, man. Be who you are. You know, God loves everybody. But I just didn't. I just didn't expect. I guess I just didn't expect. Somebody that was really religious to, to to promote marijuana. He also was married to Edge's sister for a while, wasn't he? Or Edge was married to his sister or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. Edge's is his ex, uh, ex uh, brother in law. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, though, is always the big Valboski. I don't know what Valboski is. Uh, I, I mean, been- that's Venus and Val. So, Valboski, I'm assuming that's a play on the big,
1: you know. I mean, I would assume that he's talking about his dick.
0: Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to tell you his ring names real quick, okay? Okay. The Big Val Bosky, Chief Marley, Glamour Boy Sean, Scott Borders, Sean Morgan, Sean Morley, Eel Steel, Val Venus, Top Hip, and Chief Marley again. Sheffield. I mean, Sheffield. Val, Val Venus
1: was, was, that was the best one. Right. Because Venus sounds like penis, yep. and he's a porn star.
0: He's only 47 years old. Anyway. But no, uh, I mean, China, this was, this was a bad time for China. China, China was in a bad place in her life right here, because, you know, she lost her man, Triple H, to Stephanie McMahon, that dirty, hussy harlot. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, months prior, you know, we do get the famous test is going to marry Stephanie, which we will talk about probably in a whole episode about that segment about Triple H. Pretty much borderline, but pretty much, you know, no, I mean literally he, he drugs her, marries her, and then rapes her. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that did happen.
0: That happened, pretty much, you know, and, uh, but, so, China in real life here, she's no longer a part of, of Triple H right now, and her career's kind of floundering here. Uh, China will never recover after her breakup with Triple H, and she's in matches with Val Venus. Uh, I feel bad for
1: her. Well, she, her, didn't her and Eddie Guerrero have a thing for, for a while? Her next like time. No, I'm not even in real life. I'm talking no. in, in, in. And, I thought her and Eddie Guerrero had a thing; like they were
0: together. I always thought in real life it was her and X Pac because that was what happened. And X Pac was the last person that she was around with before she died. I never saw well, and, and in real life? life.
1: In no, I didn't. It, well, it wasn't sexy. It was Porto. No, she a, did night in China? Well, she did that in two thousand four. Uh, listen to this. So, she had another night in China. Nice. Then back door to China. Nice. Then she played She Hulk in Avengers XXX. And she was also She Hulk XXX in She Hulk. She was She Hulk in the She Hulk sequel to Avengers. Yes.
0: And then she She won. She's
1: a two-time, two-time
0: AVN award winner. What? She's a two-time what?
1: A two-time AVN award
0: winner. What's what's that? I'm assuming that's the porn award. That
1: is the porn awards. Yes. She had the best-selling title of the year, 2006, for "One Night in China." Oh my god! And the best, she won best celebrity sex tape. In
0: 2012, for backdoor to China. Backdoor. Oh, I love backdoor to China. <laughs> That's <just> absolutely absurd. <laughs> uh, I'm actually a little behind the scenes here. I am looking at her Playboy uh, pictures right now. China's Playboy pictures. Yeah. Um, I am a heterosexual man, male, so people know. Um, she definitely has the lady bits, but. Um, not attractive. No, I'm not. Not feeling it. I mean, right now I'm looking at China's breast and beaver, and uh, she's showering herself, and uh, yeah, she's too muscular, man. I feel like she would break my dick off. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I mean, right now they have a picture of her ass, and that's like a very manly ass. Like just. Did,
1: did you know? However, luckily, thank God. Her brain was donated uh, when she passed away because she was a drug addict, unfortunately. But she passed away. Her brain they they donated her brain to for CTE study. So did they? Uh, yeah, and it was the This is the thing about wrestlers, football players. I love wrestling. I love pro wrestling. I love NFL football. These guys they get their brains fucked up.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. That's why they don't allow uh, Chris Benoit's uh, finishing headbutt anymore.
1: Yeah, because he fucking like that dude. That he's another reason. He's he said like that dude's spent twenty years jumping off of a ten foot tall turnbuckle and landing on the top of his head and then murdered his
0: family. Yeah, we're not going to discuss that right now. Uh, but I agree with you. So yeah, still yeah, China, you know, she loses the match, she loses multiple matches throughout this time period and not a very good match. This match deserves a half a star for me. Uh, just it's just it's just a just a match. Not a big deal.
1: Yeah, I hundred percent agree with the half a star. It's it's
0: China's good. China's always
1: been good, but yeah, I mean Valvinus was an okay wrestler. Uh, he he was a better gimmick than he was a wrestler. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. Would you agree, before we go to the next match, that if we were in the Attitude Era, that Elias would be the new Val Venus? I kind of think so.
1: Um, only because... No, because Elias deserves a push that, that they won't give him. Yeah, you're right. Versus Val Venus didn't really deserve a push.
0: Well, now we get the next match on the card, the fourth match on the card, and that's Chris Jericho against Kane in a last-man-standing match. that lasted for 16 minutes and 48 seconds. Chris Jericho ended up actually defeating Kane. The storyline of this was not really much of a storyline. This is Chris Jericho. Was this really a thorn in Kane's side? Everywhere Kane was, Chris Jericho was soon to follow. So, I mean, that was kind of the storyline with this one. Um, Great match. Great match. Uh, This match definitely deserves a three-star rating for me. I want. we are going to do an episode about Chris Jericho sometime in the future. We've already done our episode about Kane. Look it up in the archives, movieguyspodcast.com. But, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't got much to say about the match. But overall, I mean, it's a three-star match. It's very good. Uh, I don't
1: know if I agree with that. I mean, the thing with this is, like, the last man standing match should be between Two guys who have hated each other, obviously, for a fucking long time. And this match, I mean, Kane's a giant and and Chris Jericho's always been crafty. I get that. This was this is not the right match for these two guys. I mean, I'm okay with the hardcore match, I'm okay with no Holds barred and the falls kind of kind of stuff. And they ended this match really the only way they could by dropping a giant rack of barrels on top of Kane and like dude could have legitimately been killed because watching those things fall it hit a speaker right like did you see it hit a speaker or something right next to it and it broke the speaker yeah you know but I mean they did it well they did a good enough job to where you know saved his ass covered his ass
0: so you're not going to go with a three-star rating on this one? No, no. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give
1: this a one and a half stars.
0: All right. Well, the fifth match of the card is Ed and Christian. They go against the Dudley Boys, K. Quick and Road Dog. Evidently, Billy Gunn and uh, Road Dog decided to split ways here after DX. And right to censor, which was Bull Buchanan and The Good Father. My favorite, The Good Father, not The <laughs> Godfather. The Good Father. The Good Father. I, I love The Good Father. I love me some Good Father. Uh, good Father is just fucking amazing. You don't. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't agree with me. Um,
1: I mean, I've always, I've always liked him as a wrestler. Uh, he, he, he never great, but just the consummate professional. Um. I, I, the Godfather was one of my all-time favorite characters. However, I know I just spent ten minutes talking about how how uh, I hated how they objectified women. Looking back now, as as a grown man, I it hate, I hate how they objectified women. But at the same time, didn't the Godfather didn't we talk about this? Didn't the Godfather have one of his hoes win the hardcore title once?
0: Yep, the Ho Train. In your yes, you are contradicting yourself because that is interesting. That. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just saying. Oh, the concepts. I, I just love the concept. Okay, we're gonna make you a wrestler. You're called the Godfather. And every time you come out, you're gonna come out with pimp music with your
1: hose.
0: <laughs> this match was a fiddle four-way match for the WF Tag Team Championship. Right to center was the champions, and they lost to Eddie Christian at the end of the match. Um K quick. Uh, So, I knew K. Quick back in this era. Um, I go back and watch Wrestling Now two years ago, and I realize this guy's still around. His name's R-Truth.
1: Yeah. Yes, he was. The the, 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 the Truth Ron Killings.
0: And then I watch older wrestling from a few years ago, and he had the Golden Truth, Goldust and R-Truth in a a tag team. Uh, I mean, this guy is still around. He's... This is December 2000, and we're recording a month away from December of 2018. This guy's been around for 18 years.
1: He's always there. And you know what? Here's the thing. He's a great fucking wrestler. He's a great performer. He got the push he deserved, by the way, in in TNA. He was a two-time World Heavyweight champ in TNA. And he... He never got that push in WWE for whatever reason, um, and and still doesn't have that push. I mean, I get that he's he's a little older. He's what like probably in his mid to late like forties now, and I know that he's been he's been uh, United States champ, and I get that. But like, yeah, now him and uh, you know what, what are they, what's it what are they called now? The Fabulous Truth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this is how I'm going to disagree with you, and we will do a show about it eventually in the future. We keep on telling that to the fans because we want you guys to tune in to listen to these awesome new shows. Uh, I don't give a fuck if he was the world champion, TNA. TNA sucks. That's why they're not around anymore. TNA always sucked. I never watched TNA. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And WWF wrestlers went over to TNA because they wanted to do their own thing because they were promised things. Just like WCW, that's why it failed. It, DNA was well, another WCW experiment failure brought to you by Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> well
1: I mean, at least you at least you knew that it was Jeff Jarrett. At TNA TNA was what WCW should have been. Let's be honest.
0: No, TNA, no. in my
1: opinion, was better than WCW.
0: In you a are lot totally In a lot of ways. You're totally wrong. In a lot of ways. We're not talking about this tonight. We're we're not we're not talking about it. We gotta talk about Armageddon. <laughs> no, okay. TNA TNA sucks. I, I'm I'm not gonna go on a rant with you on this one. Uh, we'll we'll discuss this for later show. But that ring was stupid. Everything about TNA was well, stupid. They, they, I mean, okay. The
1: only dumb thing they ever did was that everything everything they had was 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 was, was on pay per view. They before they got on TV, everything they had was pay per view. They they had
0: what? They, everything was pay per view. Okay, so 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 this is how clever Jeff Jarrett is. I, I'm gonna say my piece. Hey, I'm gonna start a wrestling promotion because Vince McMahon and I can't get along, Dog <laughs> doggone it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do stuff that Vince McMahon does. I'm gonna show some tits and ass. Oh wait a minute. Tits and ass, tits and ass. I'm gonna call it TNA. Jeff Jarrett, uh, you, you. Uh, it, call it means it total TNA. nonstop action, you jackass. Can't can't call it TNA. <laughs> well, we'll call it something. How a total nonstop action? That's what we're gonna call it, <laughs> Tarnation. What well, fuck? Fuck Jeff Jarrett. Fuck TNA. Terrible, terrible. Destroyed Kurt Angle's career. Terrible. Anyway, um, he didn't destroy Kurt Angle's career.
1: He restored Kurt Angle's career because yes. Vince, Vince, Vince said, "Kurt Angle, you've broken your neck too many times. If you break it again, or you hurt, you got too many concussions. If you, whatever, something was said. If this happens to you again, you will die. I'm not letting you wrestle ever again. You should retire. That. We'll put you in the Hall of Fame. We'll make you commissioner. We'll do whatever." And yeah. Jeff Jarrett, or not Jeff Jarrett, Kurt Angle said, fuck you. I don't want to retire. I want to make, you know, I want to be a wrestler still. And he went to TNA with Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle still wrestled. And he had great matches. And he was a, that's where he learned to be a really good heel. He was a really good
0: heel. He was a great heel in WWF, and there was not a great match ever. Period. Ever. 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 Period. In TNA, next match is Chris Benoit versus <laughs> Billy Gunn for the Intercontinental Championship. It was a ten minute and two second match. Chris Benoit defeated Billy Gunn, who was the current champion. He defeated he defeated Billy Gunn by the Crippler Crossface. Let's talk about Chris Benoit. Okay. For some reason, when Chris Benoit came on the screen, when I was a wrestling fan from '97 to 2001, I loved him. For some reason, there was something about him. Um, I, the rabid Wolverine, you know. I just, I just really liked him. Uh, he reminds me of a guy who you go to a bar and you see this guy. And you're like, I don't want to fuck with this guy. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna kill somebody. But I'm gonna fuck with him a little bit to see what happens. But then I'm just okay. Okay, I'm just pissed him off too much. I'm just going to take a step back. Like like Chris Benoit was just this brawling badass of a guy. I, I loved to see him on on uh, on screen. Loved him. I was a fan.
1: Uh, I agree with that. You know, it, he made he made this the match believable. Great in ring performer. Incredible in ring performer.
0: Yeah,
1: couldn't cut a promo to save his life, but he was, he was, he was a great in ring performer. Um, and unfortunately, I think this match. You know, Billy Gunn got a lot of different titles, but Billy Gunn was not a great singles wrestler.
0: No, he was a great tag wrestler, definitely for sure. Uh,
1: I mean, some have given this. You know, other. Other wrestling people are giving this match two stars. I don't know where they're coming from with it. I, I don't know where they're coming from with it. I, I, I this match is a one star at
0: best. Ooh. yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. I mean,
1: like I said, you. I like you. I love Chris Benoit. I love everything about Chris Benoit. Billy Gunn for whatever. And I love DX. We've had this conversation. We've had this discussion. I love the second generation of DX. Best of all. But I don't know why. I don't know why Billy Gunn just for me never worked outside of a tag team. Um, and he was like the, He was him and Jeff Hardy were were like two great, two of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. You know, I think didn't he and Kofi Kingston just passed him for longest reign? I think didn't he most most days as a tag champ? And we talked about this a couple months ago. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Uh, so he's one of the greatest tag team champs of all time. Uh, just for whatever, whatever reason, man. Like he just didn't work as a singles guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had some. Billy Gunn had some interesting get mixed in the future. He had the borderline subplot homosexual relationship with Billy and Chuck. Yeah. And he had you to look so good to me. <laughs> and,
1: of
0: course, you know, and of course Rico was their manager, so God, damn,. Just, uh-huh. Oh Lord. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The match is not a very good match, uh, but every time Crispin was on screen, um, I enjoyed. The next match was not a long match at all. It was a two-minute, thirteen-second match. It was a triple threat match for the women's championship. It was Ivory, who was from right to center, is the current champion, and she defeated Molly Holly and Trish Stratus. Um, I, 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 I love me some Stratus faction.
1: Um, well, Jordan, why don't you do this? Why don't, why don't you take take sixty seconds and tell me why you like this match so much? Because I know, based upon conversations we had had previously, that this was one of your favorite matches on the card.
0: Well, okay, where do I even begin with this? Ivory is like that goody church woman from Right to Censor that you just love to hate. Uh, she, she's just delightfully bad, delightfully evil, very slimy. Love her in it. Uh, Molly Holly, i already said before, though. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Holly people. You know, the Holly family. Hardcore Holly. I'm just not a fan. Uh, But Trish Stratus, I don't get why people think that she's awesome. Maybe it's because she's been around forever. She's she's cool. She's fun. I don't know why I think she's cool. But, I I mean, Trish Stratus is okay. I would have rather have seen her win it. But, you know, like I said, I really love me some Ivory. Ivory overall is just a fun, uh, slimy, snake-in-the-grass villain. And I don't think that they did right to censor, uh, no pun intended, the right way. I think right to censor could have lasted a little bit longer, uh, with taking over characters and trying to get a whole new. <coughs> so, yeah, um, I'm 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 not pissed, but I'm a little irritated that strategy did not win the title, but Ivory sinking in the grass, just awesome villain. Loved me some Ivory. Uh, match wasn't great, though. One star.
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that they... I mean, I, I don't know why they even had this match on the card. I mean, I do. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. I mean, Trish Stratus and Ivory for... Ivory, ivory was just in the the women's battle royal. Yes, she was. Right? And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, I agree with you. I think this is a one star. Uh, others have given it less than that uh, half a star was, was, was what a lot of people had talked about for this match. It was just it was it was a filler match between two good matches that it was they it wasn't put on the card right. I think maybe had this match been second third, you know it might have been they, they would't have had to go two minutes. I guess it was two
0: minutes. Right? Yeah, which was of popular in wrestling back then too.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I wish they would have would have put this up card a little bit, only because it, they they had to they squeezed it in between two really decent matches.
0: You know. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the match that we've been waiting to talk about, the match that I have been waiting to talk about with Ed for months. The six-man hell-in-a-cell match for the WWF Championship. Kurt Angle comes in as the champion. He goes against The Undertaker, Rikishi, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, and The Rock. And uh-huh. uh, just right there alone. Just forget about the match. The top five guys, and I said five for a reason, in a hell-in-a-cell match. Where the last Hell in the Cell match was no way out earlier that year in 2000. And it ended Mick Foley's career as Cactus Jack with Triple H putting him through the top of the cage again. This match is infamous at this point to know as the most dangerous match ever. And the top five superstars are in that. That is, that is lightning. That's just, that's, just, that's just shoot a fish in a barrel right there. That's, that's just lightning in a bottle. That idea. Well,
1: yes and no. Um, I I have a hard time with matches. Like WWF loves to tell, love matches that tells a story, right? That's the thing. Whenever you listen to any other wrestling podcast, especially like something to wrestle with, right? Like. Those guys talk about the reason this guy didn't get over was because he couldn't tell a good story in the ring and Vince didn't push it, right? Well, and that's why that's why they said that the light heavyweight title never never took off because they didn't want the flashy matches, they wanted you to be able to tell a story, but it's taken off everywhere else, right? Well, if that's the case, I didn't get a story in this match. I didn't. Kind of did, though. I, well, I mean <sighs> the way I see it is like it's like Fuck man, like it, it was you had all these guys come in to ring, right? And it's the only way they could have done it, I guess. But first you had the only person willing to work with it felt like the only person willing to work with Rikishi was the Rock because are cousins. And nobody cared about Rikishi, Rikishi wasn't on there on anybody else's level. But The Rock, it felt like, was willing to work with him because they were cousins. But you had like two guys in the ring beat each other up, and then one would throw the other, you know, the other out in the ring, and then two more guys would come in the ring, and they throw each other out, and two more guys would come in the ring, and they throw each other. It's
0: like, it's like the. It was like World War Three. It was hard to follow for a long time. Okay, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how you said that there was no story to the match. They had a year of a story leading up to this fucking match.
1: No, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is about telling a story in the ring during the match. That's what, what Vince likes could. to do. That's what Vince liked, and I, they, I didn't get that. It just was so scattered.
0: They did what they could. They had the top five guys. That's all he could do. Now, I keep on saying five guys. I'm just going to go up and right now. Rikishi's not a top guy.
1: Yeah, Rikishi shouldn't have been in this match. But Rikishi was the only one willing to take a bump.
0: So. Yeah. So, okay. So, what. We will save it for a Triple H episode. We'll save it for our Stone Cold episodes. But the bare bones cliff notes version of this match leading up to this match was Stone Cold Steve Austin was in a match with Owen Hart. Years prior, at I believe it was SummerSlam, Owen Hart did a pile driver. botched the fucking move. Stone Cold busts his neck in real life, and you know eventually it, time comes up to him, and he has to he has to have neck surgery. So the storyline is he gets ran over in a parking garage. Nobody knows who the assailant is. People speculate for a year, kind of like WWF's version of Who Shot Mister Burns,
1: <laughs> right? Yes. Like,
0: you know, who ran over Stone Cold? We find out later on that it is the big fat Samoan of the Sky 2 Hottie group. Right? And he ran him over. Well, then we find out that it was actually The Rock. He did it for The Rock. Well, that storyline turned out to not be true because we find that Triple H, the Cerebral Assassin <laughs> was the one that was in cahoots with 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 Rikishi to run over Stone Cold of Austin so he'd become the top guy. So that's why Rikishi's here. The reason why every other wrestler is here, because we watched Raw and SmackDown leading up to this pay-per-view, it's because Kurt Angle got into every single person's matches and fucked their shit up. That's yeah. why.
1: And yeah. quite
0: simple. So this match was more of Mick Foley's way of punishing Kurt Angle. Um... I was disappointed in this match because I was expecting what I've seen before in Hell in the Sun I was expecting just carnage. I was expecting chairs and ladders and tables. I was expecting people going through tables. I was expecting blood to be shed. I was expecting anarchy. And all I got, really, which was a great bump, was Rikishi being thrown off the cage and being landed into the back of a truck.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the best way to put it. Um, I mean, you get... You know, the... Look, the the unfortunate thing about Rikishi, right, is he's known for three things. Being the guy with the fattest ass yeah. in the fucking world who wore... Also wore thongs to the ring. And dan- would dance with Scotty Too Hottie and, and Too Cool Scorpio, right? Not Too Cool Scorpio, I'm sorry. Uh, Scotty Too Hottie and, and, Bri- and Brian Lawler. Well,
0: Grandmaster
1: Sexy, but. Yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. Um, for this bump, for falling off of the top of the steel cage, or Hell in a Cell, onto a truck. Now, let's not get it wrong. This thing was padded in sawdust, and, you know, it was really well done. They were really, really well designed it. And he was a member of the Head Shrinkers. You remember the, do you remember the Head Shrinkers? Yes. In the 1990s? He was, he was a head, he was one of the Head Shrinkers. And so, like, that was, I mean, he had earned his way there. Don't get me wrong, he had earned his way to be, like, at that level, but they made it him for whatever reason. You know, it's like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Rikishi's a bad guy. Like, he was dancing around with too cool. And, like, then right away, he's run over fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin trying to kill him.
0: Right. You know, it's like it didn't make sense. Yeah. So, I mean, go ahead. So, I was going to say, I mean, this gets interesting because, you know, this is December 2000. And then, in, and then in January 2001, we get the Royal Rumble, which we have discussed has been considered one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. So, cool, Steve Austin wins that, and he gets a title shot with The Rock at WrestleMania 17. I mean, we start a very big error here at this pay-per-view. We get arguably the greatest, best Royal Rumble of all time, and we also get the best WrestleMania of all time after this pay-per-view. Um, it's... Kurt Angle was a great champion. Um, I always loved Kurt Angle as a champion. Um, I just this was not what I was expecting. I was expecting the top five guys, or I guess in this case Rikishi, the top six guys. I was expecting Triple H to cut somebody open. I was expecting people to bleed. I was expecting. Tri- I was expecting Undertaker to throw people off and through the cage. I was expecting just carnage. That's what you got. <sighs>
1: Not really. I mean everybody got busted open. Yeah. The everybody got busted
0: open, homie. Yeah. Still though. You know what I mean. This yeah. match overall is a two and a half star. It was it was it is it is it is a fun gimmick, but it is not uh the match that I wanted. Two and a half stars for me. How about you? Well boy.
1: Um you know, I'm I'm more leaning towards you than I am with the other guy who talks about wrestling a lot. I mean, the, he gave this four and a half stars. I I don't see that. I just don't see that at all. I mean, you we got almost everything that you talked about. We got the big bump. Everybody got busted, but this match didn't, I don't know why it didn't satisfy me. I don't know why. And this was, this had been my hesitation the whole time. Like, I remembered, I didn't remember the match until you brought it up. And that says something like, it's fucking a six-man hell in a sound I forgot about it. That's how that's how little I gave a shit about this match. And then when I went back to rewatch it for the show, I felt the same way. It's like, Really? It's like Jesus Christ! Like they were. All, I mean, okay. I mean, I get protecting yourself. I have no problems with protecting yourself. But like, I just didn't. I just didn't get what I wanted out of this match. Just like you, just
0: yeah, just, just didn't, didn't get what I wanted.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like you ever order something off the menu because you see the picture.
0: They come back and the and, burger's a pancake.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you're like, Well that was okay. But like when I saw the picture of it on the menu, I was like, That's what I want. That's fantastic. And then it gets there and the fries are soggy and the burgers overcooked, you know, and it's like smashed down, it's like half the size that the picture shows.
0: Right? Yep. Yep, call
1: that's called That's what down. this yeah <laughs> That's what this match was. Yeah, to me, yeah, it been. wasn't. It it wasn't. I knew I wasn't going to get what I what I saw, but I saw it anyway, and it and it appetized me. And then I got it, and I looked at it. And I was like, "Golly, there's Big Mac sauce on the top of this burger. How did this happen? This is going to make such a mess.
0: This is not a sesame seed. This is an artisan bun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ordered a Big Mac, and I got a McRib. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck
1: is a double quarter pounder? It's a half pound. Just call it a half pounder.
0: Half pounder, just do it. Royale it's a Royale with cheese. With cheese. It's a Royale with cheese. <laughs> you understand, you geriatric fuck? This is ridiculous. No, yeah, no. Because as I was saying when I was watching, this is ridiculous. This is not what I wanted. Two and a half stars. But Armageddon 2000 is a big pay-per-view uh, in the in the closing segments here. Because, like I said, I mean, the next month we get Royal Rumble 2001 where Stone Cold wins. And then we get Stone Cold versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. Two of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. So, I mean, like, this is this is right when WCW is going to get bought by uh, WWF. Uh, this Things are changing. I could tell watching this pay-per-view that things are changing. The Attitude Era is over with. It's becoming something different. People would like to say that the Attitude Era officially ended at WrestleMania 17. Uh, but Armageddon 2000 is something to look into because I think it kind of ended in this pay-per-view. Uh, but with that closing segment, we will say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Call in the Ring. You can check out this episode and many others at movieguyspodcast.com. Just go to the right side of the page or hit the search bar. And look for calling in the ring tab. You can find all of our episodes. We talked about Kane, The Rock, SummerSlam 2001, and many more. You can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for us at Movie Guys Pod. Also on Instagram at MovieGuysPod. And you also download this episode and many other Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio in movieguyspodcast.com. All you guys search for is Movie Guys Podcast. So uh, Ed, thank you so much for calling in the ring with me tonight. And I appreciate it, buddy. And I'll talk to you next time for another episode of Calling the Ring. We'll be talking about a wrestler. Have a good night.